The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. It's Christmas time here. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Man, you're back to the future in the East Coast time zone, Betts. So far ahead of you, Kyle, today. I've done so much more with my day than you. Yeah, I'm back on the East Coast. I made the trip back yesterday. It was um, it was bittersweet, you know, leaving AZ, coming home. And what do I come home to, Kyle? Five inches of snow. Two kids that are kind of sick. They're not like, you know, all the way sick, but they're definitely not feeling 100%. So it was, uh, it was a good time to be out there in Arizona, but it definitely is back to reality over here on the East Coast. Would you say that being here this past week, you know, there's lots of lots of benefits, lots of great things, lots of great times, uh, but your productivity was it just oh just brother. terrible? <laughs> it has never been worse. We'll say that. <laughs> I think you and I both, and I say this as someone that used to work remotely for the footballers, and now I'm here in Phoenix. But man, I working in studio is very fun, and you can imagine. Uh, being around Andy, Mike, and Jason, we have a pretty good group here. Uh, we play a lot of pickleball. We uh, we have a lot of fun. But man, I feel like I get like fifty percent of what I could get done when it's just me by myself. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this right now at about twelve forty-five Eastern. I'm already well ahead of where I was last week for any day <laughs> if it was twelve o'clock Eastern that time zone. So yes, it was a it was a fun week though, man. I, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was good to obviously get to meet you in person, meet everyone else in person for the first time, see the studio. I uh, got my butt kicked in pickleball. That was fun. Um, hang out with your kids. Got my butt kicked in sorry. I just got my butt kicked all week. And oh, by the way, got my butt kicked in DFS. So it was just a, a tough <laughs> travel week for you, boy. No, I, I did have someone ask me. They said, so like that must have been really good. You guys could talk out stuff in person. I said, I don't know. It actually went worse maybe for bets that he had enough time to you know talk things out with me. Um, but let's talk about our cash lineups from this past week. Straight cash, homie. I think a lot of people were disappointed in Justin Herbert this past week. I know that you were probably one of them and almost have to feel played him. So 
I, the process was play the guy who's in the best matchup possible for quarterbacks and wide receivers. You stack him. Uh, talk to me about Herbert this past week. Yeah, that was the thought process. Uh, it did not work, you know, but if you would have told me going into the week, hey, bets, Justin Herbert is going to attempt 42 passes at home in a dome against the Titans, I would have played it every single time. So I still feel okay about like why I played it. Obviously, the result was not great. He still threw for over 300 yards. So like it kind of worked. He just, he just didn't throw touchdowns. And really, you needed that, especially because Mahomes was decently popular. Jalen Hurts was decently popular. And those guys just went crazy. So yeah, if you played Herbert like I did, I played him in cash. I played him in a couple of tournament lineups. Um, it just really did not work out. And I was surprised. I was telling you Sunday night and some of the stuff that I play at the smaller fields, I was expecting Herbert to be decently popular, but I was really mad at myself because when I flipped over the cards and I looked at the lineups and I saw Mike Williams, Keenan Allen pushing 40% in these small fields, I was like, man, if I knew that, I would have never played it. So it was one of those weeks where you kind of just like shake your head and say, oh, that was a mistake and move on. But yes, it was a uh, very bad week for me. And uh, so I'm hoping we can turn the page here on week 16 because I need some Christmas cash. The player that I think made it for people in cash was Zay Jones. Uh, he was only at about around 30% in double ups and he was in our best plays. And honestly, I liked Zay Jones for most of the week. I don't know if he was like a, I have to play him. Like he was in the final decision points, but I'm really glad I had him in the lineup and glad that a lot of our listeners did too, because I think that made up for a lot of my losses. Uh, I know Alvin Kamara was somebody that we fell in love with, ended up with just 12 points. I don't know what the saints are doing. We'll kind Mark of, or not Mark Ingram, sorry. David Johnson ran more routes than Kamara. I mean, what is happening? I mean, this is 2015 football uh, in <laughs> fantasy. That's what that's what's going on. Um, yeah, it, it kind of the way I want to just wrap up cash this past week is you're going to have consensus plays that hit a median outcome or hit a floor outcome like Kamara, but you can make up for it if you're building an upside in your lineup. And so I was grateful to have someone like Zay Jones. Jamar Chase didn't go off but he was good enough at his price point as one of our top plays as well. And then the last thing is uh, just there were some plays that seemed pretty obvious, like play the Broncos defense. Like don't, don't think twice about it. Like play that. Um, I will have to bring out one thing. You and I had a back and forth debate around three players in the 5k range at running back Isaiah Pacheco, your boy, Bam Knight and Latavius Murray. I landed on Pacheco cause I wanted a chief in my lineup and I played Murray in tournaments but you landed on Bam Knight, buddy. It did not go well. Um, yeah, it really did not. I love the lineup around Zonovan Knight, which is why I played him at his price point. Obviously, in hindsight, it was not a great play. The Lions' rush defense, man, is so legit. And it's not even why I played it. I wasn't like, oh, they're playing the Lions' great matchup. It was, you know, Zach Wilson under center. They're probably going to run even more. So even if he has an inefficient day, and let's say he goes like 15 for 50 and he scores like at his price point, totally fine with it. I took the volume at a, a, a lower salary because it let me fit in the guys that I wanted to in, you know, um, Jamar Chase and Justin Herbert and and those sort of plays. So, yeah, I played it. It did not work out. But as we always say, <laughs> with the old happiness hedge, I sat him in my playoff league for my redraft team that I needed to win. So it was uh, it was an OK week overall for that. But yes, this Lions rush defense, man, they are absolutely legit. Yeah. And we might actually talk about the Lions and how they're affecting games because I mean, dare I, dare I say, you could play a Sam Darnold stack this week if you're a sick, sick person. You are, and you are. I know. You last week on the show, you were trying to talk me into Mac Jones lineups. Unfortunately, <laughs> I did not play them, 
but um, but you are you're the you're the one I feel like that likes to go dumpster diving for these quarterbacks. So we'll talk about a couple of the standouts on this slate, and I wouldn't be surprised if come Friday Kyle's out here recommended. I don't know who's the a gross five k quarterback this week. Uh, we're gonna talk about someone who's sub five k in just a second because oh, they're actually brother, okay. they're, they're in play this week. Uh, in cash, you can get all of our picks in the DFS Pass, DFSPass.com, including our roster percentage report. Bets and I get to kind of give a forecast based on our numbers, historical numbers, what we think the field is going to do. And we think it helps people kind of gauge like, oh, this player is super popular. Um, takes things out from just your own bias and gets to see what the field's doing. We give all of our picks for DraftKings and FanDuel at DFSPass.com. It is still 66% off, goes throughout the playoffs, and you can use the promo code DFSPOD. Um, and just a little little warning here, um, this week's slate, it, the main slate is on Saturday, so it's on Christmas Eve. We will not be doing any content for Sunday for Christmas because we're real people. We have kids. I'm really sorry. Um, so the, the Discord games are channel- just gross too. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably set a few lineups. Don't get me wrong, but man, it's like it's like the Bucks and the Cardinals at night. Like it's just it's gonna be rough. It's it, yeah, and I know that there's some matchups for redraft that you can find some value, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna be taking that Sunday off from a content. So you can get in Discord if you want to do that, but go to DFSPass.com if you want to be a part of that. But let's talk about week 16. State of the main slate. Each week, Bets and I will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where Bets and myself play. You go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And let's check in with a couple of wagers uh, from this past week. I know that our Vikings hit, our Vikings to win the North. So that felt good because that actually goes into your account before the win totals, which I don't really understand. Like if your team hits the win total, why why does that not go in? But whatever. Um, So Vikings to win the North was one of our strongest divisional ones. I think we're still holding on to the Ravens. That one feels really scary. Uh, They play my Falcons this week. So we'll see if, yeah, it it looks bad. Um, And then... I had some people ask us about our best ball lineups. You and I both had a couple of heartbreakers for best ball. And so why don't you share yours about the DraftKings Millie Maker? Oh my gosh. I, I don't know if I can. It was just one of the worst beats I've had in a very long time. Yes, I needed a specific number of points from Aaron Jones to advance in the best ball Millie. And it was looking great. I was like, oh man, he's getting touches. All of a sudden, AJ Dillon goes down with a concussion. Um, you know, things are kind of turning in the right direction for Aaron Jones. They're at the, the four or five yard line, whatever it was. He's about to run in. If you watched the game last night, tripped up by like a literal shoelace at the one yard line, falls down, does not get in Aaron Rodgers victory formation, taking the, uh, I lost that by, I think it was 0.7 points. So it was rough for me. Uh, I did have a couple teams advance in like the puppy and the puppy super flex. So still alive, but overall it has not been the best, uh, bets, the best bets ball. Best best ball season for yours truly. I had a couple of heartbreakers too. Um, so I have a puppy team through. Uh, I had five best ball mania teams that advanced. Two of them, two of them ended up second. One of them I lost by point three. One of them I Pain. lost by one point four. So I got second place in that one, and I'm not advancing. So that that was really hard because, oh man, like one of them I needed like two more yards from AJ Dillon and then he, he got knocked out. And uh, so 
Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, especially if you feel like you've constructed your roster the right way. I'll say this about best ball. This is an off-season thing, but things are way different than how you imagine things would roll out. So like Jalen Hurts, so many people have advanced through, and it's just going to look different. It's going to look different with your roster. I bet people are going to have zeros at the quarterback position they didn't think they would. Uh, so you got to change. you got to adjust. I think there's going to be some weird constructions this year, especially with all the weather this week. Week 16, man, it's gross. And it's gotten lower and lower and lower. As I started writing my articles this week and analyzing all of the games, you know, getting stuff ready for later on in the week for the main show, the totals keep dropping. So we don't have a 50 total. We have a 10-game slate on Saturday as the main slate. Um, man, give me the teams with the highest, or give me the games with the highest total so we don't have any at 50. Yeah, the highest totals right now, it's KC and Seattle, 48 and a half, and then Minnesota and the Giants at 47 and a half. And then you basically drop down the board to the low 40s. And there's so many in the 30s this week. It's crazy. I don't know if that's because of the cold temperatures around the country. It's going to be brutal in a lot of these games. Maybe we can talk about those. Um, and then as well, the Saturday game, maybe it's just because, again, there's less time for these teams to prepare. Maybe it's a short week for everyone coming off the week 15 slate. But yeah, man, it is a gross gross slate 10 games we don't have a couple of teams that we like to stack the chargers you know the dolphins are, are on the slate sometimes we can get into the cardinals guys here and there the bucks guys here and there but just overall it's it's gonna be i think a really gross slate and i'm kind of excited about it i'm excited because i think there's some correlation plays that i'm interested in of just hey here's a running back from this side here's a wide receiver from the other side that you can correlate your lineups with the news of Jalen Hurts uh, probably not playing, I think that game has changed a lot. Like, we've seen the total go down. We've seen the Cowboys jump up to now the second-highest team implied total on the slate. Is it just going back to, here are the offenses we trust in good spots? I mean, the Chiefs have a 29-team implied total. They're at home. Is it just like, I trust this team. I'm going to build around this team. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the overall game totals like you talked about i mean there's some that are below 40 there's a couple that involve teams that you don't really have a lot of interest in going to like you know the texans and the falcons and ravens if they don't have lamar and the patriots have an 18 team total like it's just these they're so low that i think you do have to kind of trust certain teams in certain environments um one that i'm specifically looking at and you're going to talk about i'm going to be looking i think if these totals stay the way they are of like teams being played games being played in a dome with teams that you trust i.e the vikings um are at home in, the, in their dome against the giants um and the cowboys are at home against the eagles and they've got a healthy team total so yeah i think you try to find a couple spots that you trust um i'm very interested to see what these totals do throughout the week because it feels lower than usual but like i said i think a lot of that's due to the short week and the cold frigid like negative temperatures around the nfl which um i don't know do you know kyle specifically does that actually affect historical output for fantasy and for game totals we ha we have an article on the site from matt desorbo whether weather really matters and obviously we want players in warmer games it's more of a certain point does it really affect and and it more affects just volume i don't think you get as many total plays so in dfs that's what we're chasing we're chasing environments where we get you know 70 plus total plays for for a team and uh, you know, we, we want games that can push the pace. So the pace slows down, but it doesn't mean we completely write off teams that have high pass rate over expectations. Like the bills are still going to throw, even if it's against Chicago. Now 
there is a point with the wind where we start to take notice. When a wind, when the sustained winds go above 25 miles per hour, which it looks like it in that game at Chicago, and it definitely looks like the game in Cleveland, there is a sharp downturn. But we still want to pick on defenses that are bad. Like it's not like you just say, oh, all of a sudden, okay, the Bills can't hit 25 points in a game. Like they're playing the Bears, one of the worst teams in the league. So I, I tell people that if the field is going to grossly overreact to weather games, I want to jump in on just good offenses. Like if they're just saying, I'm not playing this offense, it's going to be a bad weather game. Like you can play Josh Allen. Like could Josh Allen run for 100 yards? Oh, for sure. Any week he can. Yeah. And the same thing with fields. So in that same game, I, I, I'm I still interested, even though the total has dropped uh, a lot. It's at 40 and a half right now in that game. Knowing all of this weather stuff, which games do you feel like people are going to be the most confident in as kind of, you know, like mitigating the risk of like, I don't want to get into a game that ends up like six to three. Well, this one I put on here is the Chiefs and the Seahawks, and it's not really anything to do with the weather. It actually is one of those games that looks like it's going to be uh, frigid. This is from Field Field Yates. The estimated feels like temperature in that game is supposed to be negative six. But like you said, you trust good offenses and you trust Pat Mahomes to get the job done here. They are at home. They're rolling. And these two teams are both top five in the NFL and pass rate over expectation over the last six weeks. So you sort of know what you're getting from both offenses. And because of the fact that we have the emergence of guys like Jarek McKinnon, we can always stack with Kelsey. You know, there's options. You can go to Pacheco if you think they get in a positive game script, et cetera, on that side. And then on Seattle side, Tyler Lockett is likely to miss this game. And so it creates, I think, a very clean stacking environment if you either want to stack Gino or just use a bring back. Marquise Goodman, we'll talk about, is very cheap. We'll see how the field handles him. And then, of course, DK Metcalf without Lockett, you can generally project pretty well. And if you think that, you know, going on the road, they say, okay, let's flip how we play a little bit. You know, Ken Walker has even got a great tag. So I could just see it getting very popular because it has the highest total and the price tags are pretty good in that game. Yeah, when I was building early in the week and thinking about tournaments, like cash is a conversation we'll get into in a second for salary standouts, but it felt a little too clean on the Seattle side. We're like, okay, well, if Lockett's out, then like you can play Metcalf, you can play Walker, and then, yeah, Marquise Goodwin might grow into a bigger role. But like, I like this offense. I think that they can keep pace with the Chiefs. Um, it's just a great spot on both sides and Seattle's pretty affordable, right? Like Gino, we'll talk about him in a second. It's only 5,800. Like you can build lots of different lineups with Gino instead of Mahomes, but I mean, it's Mahomes. Like you can just lean into that this week. Right now I'm seeing two routes in cash. And so it's super, super cheap or it's pay up for Mahomes. Those are kind of my, my two options. I want to throw out the giants at Minnesota. We know that Minnesota has been playing in these like heart racing games nonstop. I think the Giants can keep pace and their options outside of Saquon are also affordable. So that's a game where the total's the second highest on the slate, but it's indoors, so we don't have to worry about weather. And uh oh yeah, Justin Jefferson's playing. So I any any chance I get to play Justin Jefferson, I'm gonna do it. So would you think that comes in second most popular? Yeah, or maybe even most popular too, because we'll talk about Kirk Cousins and his price tag and the situation for him. But yeah, he looks like he's a pretty affordable option as well. And then yeah, like you said, everyone on the Giants side is very affordable outside of you know Saquon's a guy you got to pay up for. But there are other guys like T.J. Hawkinson's price tag came down relative to Saturday's slate. Adam Thielen's always hanging around, so there's ways that you can stack up this game. And like you said, it's one of just a couple of those in a dome this weekend. So I think it will get generally pretty popular. I'll say the sneakiest game for me at my first glance is Washington, San Francisco. Like it, it profiles as a really gross game at 39, but 
We know that San Francisco stops the run. So if Washington can't stop the run, I think you're going to get some volume from Taylor Heineke, who is all over the map. Trust me, like there are games where Taylor Heineke looks like he shouldn't be in the league anymore. But I like their wide Weekly. receivers. Yes. I like their wide receivers. <laughs> I think you can do a lot there with Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, and correlate that with CMC, who we'll talk about in a second. So I think you can correlate those two players easily, and, and it uh, might be a little sneakier than people think. It's an interesting take because uh, I'll just give my you know quick spoiler alert here. The team that I have actually to hit the under on their team total is Atlanta. Or I'm sorry, you have Atlanta. Is Washington? <laughs> Double spoiler alert on the show. We are in we're in midseason form this week, man. Um, is the Washington? And the reason is I am worried about Taylor Heineke and the pressure he is going to face from Nick Bosa. If you watched the game Thursday night with Gino, I mean it was rough. And if you watched Monday night or Sunday night football rather with um, Kayvon Thibodeau, he was getting after Heineke. It felt like every play. So I'm worried about the offensive line against uh, San Francisco's defensive line. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I think that, let's say Heineke throws multiple picks. I just want volume. And I think this is a game where I'm, you know, you can take the Niners, they're seven-point favorites. I want volume, and I think that if you can get eight targets coming uh, McLaurin's way or eight targets Dotson's way, I think they can get there on full PPR and where Dotson's still too cheap for his role and his ascension as a rookie wide receiver. So I'm just I'm searching for volume in a gross game environment that I think people won't play because they assume, all right, the 49ers are going to roll. So a CMC-Dotson correlation, I like. Yeah, I mean, dude, we were watching that game together on Sunday night. Dotson looked great. A couple of really nice catches. So I get that for sure. Uh, my sneakiest game here is one that would not have been sneaky if Jalen Hurts was for sure playing. But the reason I'm calling it sneaky now is because I think in general, people view the game as like, oh, this was the game of the week. You know, I was super excited to watch as an Eagles fan. And now it's like, eh, Jalen Hurts isn't playing. Like, what's the motivation? They are, both these teams are in the playoffs. Like, you can see the Eagles kind of maybe being more conservative. But my approach is saying, like, if the field just assumes that, I still want to play Cowboys in this spot against Philly. And I know Gardner Minshew has his flaws, don't get me wrong, but he is at least capable of moving an offense down the field. So if the field just automatically says, I'm not playing AJ Brown. I'm not playing Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard's back. I'm interested in seeing what that looks like on Friday in our roster presentation report, because if everyone is off of it, I will be looking to go there. I talked about it last week with the Jaguars and this kind of sneaky uh, stacking spot. The Cowboys defense is not what it was in the first couple of weeks of the season. They are uh, allowing basically 23 points per game since their bye week. So it has not been the same as it was earlier in the year. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. I want to get a quick, just, you can give an Eagles fan take here. You can give Team Doctor, Team Doctor Betts uh, take if you want. Uh, Nick Sirianni said this earlier. He said, quote, uh, Jalen Hurts' body is not like ours. I will not rule him out because he's a fast healer. Give me like, I mean, what's really going on with the shoulder? So it's an AC joint sprain, which for a throwing quarterback or a quarterback period on their throwing shoulder 
is generally not great. And so I know he finished the game. He had actually a, a really nice throw after the injury. It's clearly not a season-ending, like, you know, month-long type injury. But you look at the situation, and this team probably... I mean, they want to win, obviously. But if they lose this game, their season is not over. They have Super Bowl aspirations. So I think they're going to play it very conservative with Hurts in this spot. And potentially... I mean, I hope not for fantasy playoffs and for championship week, maybe even week 17. Yeah, and I respect him as an organization being able to assess this. Uh, it's interesting because how pricing came out, like DraftKings was unaware. The books were aware. They made some money yeah. off of all this stuff. I was terrified watching that line move yesterday. Oh, and, and it, it was moving like mid-show. I brought it up. I was like, man, this Cowboys line looks weird. And then in the middle of the day, when I brought it up again, the office, like Jason, just died. As an Eagles fan... Were you worried when you were getting false reports of like, oh, he's done for the season? Yeah, and then did you see the MVP market too? Yes. Mahomes was jumping way ahead, and I was like, oh, no, like if this actually happened. But then I thought to myself, hold on. He finished that game, and he had a, a deep bomb. And if you fracture your clavicle, you're not doing that. So fortunately, just a sprain. Uh, but like I said, you got to be worried about this week, and you got to be worried about Week 17 for Jalen Hurts. And this is a, a live on a quote. Nick Sirianni said that he will get both Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew ready this week. We're going to have a plan for both guys to play. I think he's a liar. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't want to tell the Cowboys like, oh, Jalen Hurts is definitely not playing, playing for Minshew. But I think most people are assuming it's going to be Minshew. All right. Which game do you want to be underweight on this week? Uh, looks like you're dunking on my Falcons again. Uh, both offenses are just not great right now. It's not even the, It's not even the Falcons. I mean, it's part of it, but... The Ravens, man, they are just not putting up points. Baltimore's games are 10 and 4 to the under this year. Since week 4, 9 and 2 to the under. And now you you know, you have the situation with Desmond Ritter. I know he moved the football a little bit last week, but that was a lot of rushing and the Ravens have been a great run defense. So if they can't get it going and you're relying on Desmond Ritter to drop back a bunch, I'm uh, I'm a little worried about that. This one opened at 41 points, bet all the way down to 37 and a half. I mean, I just want to like just say the Saints at Browns game there's only one possible player that you can play this matchup there's only one you can play Nick Chubb if you want to uh, this game I, I was so shocked like my mind was blown when I saw the total give people just how bad it is so it opened at 34 and a half which when I brought that up the other day that was ridiculously low it's gone all the way down to 31 and a half which is the lowest total in the last decade uh, you can search back further but I think the last decade gives you context to modern football uh, yeah, it it's crazy that three of the last four games that have been under 34 have been played at Cleveland. And so we get another one at Cleveland right here. Um, yeah, 31 and a half. That gives the team implied total of the Saints of 15. So I came ready to talk about Chris Olave, who's kind of due, you know, a lot of the metrics still looking great. There's just no chance you play. Like I'm, I'm planning on sitting my boy Chris Olave on my main redraft team this week because of this. Wow. That's saying something for you. Yeah. Sustained winds right now are projected at 28 miles per hour, which is over that 25 threshold I talked about earlier. There's just well, no and reason to like, even in good conditions, the Browns offense since Deshaun Watson came back has been among the worst in football. Yeah. The total, like I looked at saints games, which is why I took the under of the saints Falcons last week. Like they've been averaging about 31 points total. So this line makes a ton of sense. And I looked at those games, those ones that did hit uh, under 34 and a half, uh, they basically all hit the under. One of them hit 34 points exactly. So they're doing good work with the lines. What would you do just for fun? The line's at 31 and a half. 
Man, that is terrifying to take an under. So let's see. If it finishes 17, 14, it goes under. I could see it. I could see the under. Yeah, because it's affecting field goals. Like it's it's kind of a big deal. Um, that should be just like our bet of the week of just saying, I know we nobody ever roots for unders. And you sh- probably should have taken the under when it was at 34 earlier in the week. But man, if people just want to just root against good things happening, you could do it that one. Which team this week are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total? I put down the Eagles. And I, I want to just kind of give people a little... Such a homer. Slight... Slight confidence in this matchup, not necessarily because I think Gardner Minshew is an incredible quarterback. Obviously, he's not, but they still have absolute stars and playmakers and elite talent on the offensive side of the ball and and one of the best offensive lines in football. And like I said at the the start where you're talking about this Dallas-Philly game, you know, Dallas really has been giving up big plays, lots of points. You talk about what the Jaguars did last week, the Houston Texans the week before. I'll take Gardner Minshew and his stars you know, even in a tough spot here on the road. So I think there's a possibility for the Eagles to get enough done for DFS success this week that they're putting up 23, 24 points, something like that. I'm going to say the Giants, their team implied total is 22. And you just look at this Vikings team and what they give up through the past, but they've also allowed opposing teams to hit their team implied total in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games. And at home this year, they're giving up over 28 points per game. So there's just, there's so much to like. I think it's a game you can lean into. I think you there's so many pieces you can play. Like when I was writing up the first look at salaries this week, you could play Daniel Jones. You could stack Daniel Jones this week. You could play him in cash. Saquon obviously is always in play. You could play either of the top receivers. Like if you want to play Richie James, you want to play Darius Slayton. And then you could play Daniel Bellinger. Like there's a lot of value on the Giants side. I'm not saying that it's the best option, but you could convince me on any one of those guys. Yeah, makes sense. And and we'll talk about some of those standouts later in the show. All right. Which team are you most confident hits the under? What we used to call the Denver Bronco Memorial Award, but I'm going to rename it because it's kind of what my Falcons have been doing. Um, <laughs> don't don't trust a Falcon. Like, don't don't play them this week against Baltimore on the road. Don't do it. Yeah, I I get it. I'm with you on that one. We already talked about that one being one that I'm Definitely worried about from a game environment standpoint. I'm going to also throw out Washington. Mentioned it at the, you know, a few minutes ago. You were talking about this being a sneaky spot for maybe mini correlations. I can see that. I just don't want to get into anything that involves multiple Washington players, um, especially because the Niners have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And so if they turn Taylor Heineke and this Washington offense into one dimensional, Nick Bosa is going to pin his ears back and I think get, get after him here. So I'm going to go under for Washington. Their games are hitting the under literally every week. All right, I'm going to put you to the test right now. Would you rather stack Taylor Heineke or Sam Darnold this week? Oh, Sam Darnold, for sure. Okay, would you rather stack, just just redraft. Would you rather start Sam Darnold or Zach Wilson this week? Wilson against the Jags? Yeah. Right? Yeah. On a short week? I think I lean Zach Wilson. Isn't that crazy? Like... There That's are, terrifying to say out loud, by the way. There are so many decisions people have to make in redraft leagues. And then in DFS, you can just say, whatever, I'll try it, that people have to make. Like, if it's Daniel Jones, uh, man, I, I have some tough decisions, too. I have Jalen Hurts on my main team. But uh, let's talk about our salary standouts for Week 16. Salary standouts. So it's Tuesday. We're talking about our favorite salary standouts on 
the main slate. So just talking about Saturday games. At quarterback, my favorite two options are to pay up for Patrick Mahomes at 8.4. And, man, you can do a lot with Gardner Minshew at 4.8. So is that the two routes that you like? I do like those two options. Obviously, if they're the same price, this would not be a conversation. But we are talking about saving so much. You know, we've been kind of willing to go down to the basement of like the 5.2s, you know, for the price range. Like 4.8 is obviously backup quarterbacks. So getting a player that I think is going to start and play the entire game in Gardner Minshew, even if it's inefficient, he could get there and, and put up. 18 points and pay off his tag. So I'm pretty interested in seeing what those teams look like because you'll be able to do a lot with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Yeah, the question in cash is, what does he need to do? What do you not need the other quarterbacks to do? Like if you got had another quarterback that's putting up 35 and then they're popular in cash, and that's different. And I think that's the biggest conversation. Like Mahomes can put up 30-plus points and bury a Gardner Minshew team. I think those are going to be two of the most popular quarterbacks. Last year, Minshew in two starts, 18.8 fantasy points, 14.4. If you got 14 points from Gardner Minshew, would you be happy? I think it depends on how the field handles him because like our roster percentage report is for GPPs. But in general, we say like if you see someone in there that's going to be 25, 30% for tournaments, we can expect them to be popular in cash as well. And so if the field is just going to play him, like I might just lean into it and say, okay, everyone's playing him anyway. You know, if I get 15, so be it. Yeah, we have to sift through all this kind of Nick Sirianni coach speak right now of, you know, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my game plan. I'm going to split the quarterbacks. Um, If we knew that Garner Minshew was the quarterback, I'm going to guess he would be 40 plus percent in tournaments. I mean, in in cash. Yep, easily. The other quarterbacks in kind of the mid-range this week, there's a lot to like. Daniel Jones at 5.6 and Kirk Cousins at 6.3 in the same game are both stackable options. You can play them in cash. Uh, and then Geno Smith at 5.0 on the other side of that Seattle-Kansas City game. Like, any lean on those options, they feel safe. Yeah, in general, they do. I think my concern with Geno is just if he doesn't have Lockett, um, you know, he's a an incredible wide receiver, and that matters a lot. That is one of those kind of cold-weather games, so we'll see how they handle that. But if I had to pick any of these guys, for me, it's Kirk Cousins at home talking about the Giants. We know that they've given up. Uh, to a lot of teams that they face and you know Cousins has some of the best playmakers in the NFL and Justin Jefferson at his disposal we see him generally play better at home again not in prime time so I am interested in Kirk Cousins this week whether it's for cash or tournaments I'll definitely get some Kirk stacks yeah and I'll be paying up for Mahomes on FanDuel Uh, Minshew's 6.1 so it's fine but it's not the same value you get on DraftKings and then when I was looking at the slate early Monday before the Hurts news, it was like, okay, sweet. We have Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, like our top three. And now with all the weather stuff and Hurts injury, it's like Mahomes is just a tier above everyone else this week. Yep, I'm with you on that. And I kind of hope the field goes to Mahomes or goes to Minshew because that would make Pat Mahomes an incredible GPP, like spend up to be contrarian type of play. At running back this week, there's two people that you can pay up for in great spots. Christian McCaffrey at 8.8 at home as a 7-point favorite. That's good. But, man, imagine, imagine this week having the Stones to not play the big dog, Derrick Henry, against the Texans. Like, couldn't be me. You know, if Ryan Tannehill does miss this game, which there is rumors that he could sit, the last time we saw that happen and Malik Willis was under center, who did they play? The Houston Texans, Derrick Henry, 32 carries. 
219 yards. His last four games against the Texans, 219, 250, 212, 211. Um, that's one of the reasons I think you play Gardner Minshew and Cash this week is to be able to spend up for Derrick Henry. I have my main home league. I am absolutely uh, thrilled with what's going on. If uh, Malik Willis is under center, I do think they're going to hide him like they've been doing and just give Derrick Henry the ball 30-plus times. Before we have any value that opens up on the slate, I mean, he's he's going to be the most popular running back. I think it's just out of fear, pure fear of just, I cannot. Just, just straight fear. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, there's there's a part of DFS where I know there's projections, correlation. There is a, if I fade this guy. Now, in tournaments, it's different, right? Like, in tournaments, you could say, can I recreate like if Derrick Henry went for 219 and 1, okay? You're asking yourself, can I recreate 28 points? You could do that. Yeah. But, but if he goes for over 202, not likely. For sure. So it's it's a conversation we'll talk about. What do you need? Maybe that's a we'll talk about later on this week is if you do fade him in tournaments, here's what you need to happen and here's how you here's some other players, but Derrick Henry is going to show up I don't know right now like Spoiler alert, but he's probably our top play at running back. He's going to be, especially if it is Malik Willis. Dalvin Cook's in a good spot, too. I, I like him and his price on both sites. 7.2 on DraftKings is pretty cheap for what he can do. The Giants are allowing 5.4 yards per carry. It's highest in the league. The third most total rushing yards, and they rank 30th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs over the last month. Love Dalvin Cook. Love him in that spot. I like him better in terms of points per dollar than Saquon in that matchup. I agree. Yeah. Especially considering they're at home, you know, they are slight favorites. And like you said, you can absolutely run on the giants. All the stats you mentioned didn't even factor in an additional rushing touchdown given up to Brian Robinson at the goal line that was taken away in that game. So yes, everyone gives it up to him. When we played the Miles Sanders stuff in tournaments a couple of weeks ago, that was against the giants. Brian Robinson was just gashing them on Sunday night football. I don't know why they didn't just keep going with the run. Um, you can absolutely run on the Giants and and Dalvin. We've kind of seen that positive regression hit last week. He's still due for more regression because he's been getting so much work around the goal line. Just hasn't scored. Um, so and was vultured right by like CJ Ham last week. So yes, Dalvin Cook to me at seven point two. If you're not playing Kirk Cousins, is a very strong play. Ramondre is always in play. Very pro Ramondre. I love that I was the one that told people about Ramondre on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for thanks for turning me on to him, Kyle. I really appreciate that. I've, I, I told Betts like this whole weekend like about Ramondre and every single time I just kid him because Betts did say this summer like he would be a league winner and he is and you thought that he was going to kill your best ball teams and kill your We're back. I know I, I made it through in a home league because of Ramondre so 7.1 on DraftKings he's fine last conversation I want to have is about the Kansas City Seattle running back situation Pacheco's always going to show up well in good matchups like in terms of projections, like, okay, you're going to get 15 carries. It's against Seattle. You know, it's the second best matchup for running backs. And then we have Jared McKinnon, who's been the RB one in back-to-back weeks. How are you handling the Kansas city running backs while also noting that Ken Walker is in a great spot on FanDuel. He's only 6.9. So a great tag for him. Like you can make a case for all three of those running backs this week. You can. And what's scary about Pacheco is he's kind of slowly becoming like a two down grinder and McKinnon has been getting more work, not just in general and being very efficient, but also getting work in the red zone. And so if, if Pacheco is turning into this kind of two down, two down grinder, that's not getting the guaranteed goal line work. 
we know the Chiefs want to run the or throw the football, excuse me, when they get in close. And so that worries me on Pacheco. I would understand if anyone wanted to play him in a tournament, but McKinnon is what is generally good against Seattle, pass catching running backs. And so if I was forced to choose between the two of them, I would choose McKinnon, especially on DraftKings full PPR. But it is one of those scenarios that I think the field might get a little overconfident in what they've seen from McKinnon. And we know the floor is generally not super safe with him based off his career archetype. So I'll have interest in both these guys. I'm going to kind of let the field, I think, dictate how I handle him in tournaments. I want to throw out J.K. Dobbins. He's 5,800 on DraftKings. His last two lines, 13 for 125 and 15 for 120 and 1. It's against the Falcons, seven-point favorite. I think he should be in your pool and consider this week. Um, it's just really hard in those games because he's not getting... Like, he's a good pass catcher, and he was at Ohio State. They just don't totally use him that way. But uh, J.K. Dobbins, another name if you want to throw it in there. At wide receiver, our boy Jay Jets. Justin Jefferson. Is this a, one of those weeks where I keep saying it? If I want to pay for a wide receiver, who's an alpha... I just need to just, who cares about the price? We did it with uh, Jamar Chase last week. So how you feel about J-Jets? You're never going to hear me say anything negative about him. I mean, you Good. just watch Good. him play. He's he's just incredible. And the way they use him is insane. And Kirk Cousins is looking at him on every play as the first read, which you'd love to see from an alpha wide receiver. Uh, lining up all over the field. Great matchup against uh, the Giants. They're at home. Good team total. Nothing negative to say. If you wanted to go... A little bit further down like I love giving people options early in the week that fit in any type of build so Juju Smith-Schuster at 5.8 if you wanted to do that and just say hey he's you know he's getting 25 percent of the targets the last two weeks go there Chris Moore we're still have to wait on the Nico Collins Brandon Cooks but like last two weeks 33 percent targets per route run Chris Moore is a fine cash play the Giants guys you know Darius Slayton at 5.2 Richie James at 3.9, those are some solid options. Uh, any other cheaper names you want to give people? Yeah, DJ Moore to me stood out early in the week. 5.5 against Detroit. I mean, we talked about how good their run defense is. They can still give it up through the air. And I know Sam Darnold has his flaws, but we took an under on him last week and that missed by a lot. Like, he was gashing Pittsburgh deep. And, you know, we kind of joke about it all the time. Like, Sam Darnold is probably the best thing for DJ Moore's fantasy outlook. 5.5 is very, very cheap in an incredible matchup. I'm also going to throw out here, and this is kind of scary to say, but Drake London? I know we talked negatively about Atlanta and Baltimore, but as a one-off play, his last two games, 12 and 11 targets, that is hard to ignore at 4.8. It's cheap. I'll give him that. It's That's cheap. what I mean. It's, for that price range, you can't get 12 targets, usually. Ritter didn't look great. No. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's one of those I think you just... <laughs> If you do play him, we'll see what, what happens come Friday. But if you do play him, do not watch the game. As in Falcons fans slash friends slash eternal optimists that basically uh, in some of our group chats from my friends back in Atlanta will basically say something like, you know, he didn't look too bad. I, I saw a couple plays here. or I feel like Arthur Smith does what he's doing. Like I, I, I have the nope. exact opposite. Like, <laughs> no, no, this offense is not functioning. Uh, this is not it. Trust me. This is not it. Um, yeah. Uh, Marquis Goodwin at 4.8. If, you know, Lockett's out, then this is a pretty good spot for him. And DK Metcalf at 7.1. Those are both solid. And then on FanDuel, I'm going to give two. Jahan Dotson at 5.7. It's pretty cheap. And our boy Terrace Marshall Jr., a.k.a. Lockjaw, 5.6. I mean, Panthers wide receivers, you can play them in cash. You can play them in tournaments. 
What could go wrong? <laughs> a sentence we've never been able to say this year. At tight end this week, my favorite's D- Daniel Bellinger. Giants tight end 3.3. Am I am I a gross, gross, sick person for that? The issue is we just listed so many Giants, right? So, like, you kind of have to pick and choose. I would not be playing two of them in cash. That's terrifying. I get it. The tight end slate, to me, is very, very difficult early in the week looking at it because you have Kelsey, and then, as usual, you just have a bunch of guys, but there's no one that really sticks out as, like, the clear best play right now. So, I have to see what happens throughout the week and on Friday. Along the same lines, I'm throwing out Noah Fant just because Tyler Lockett is not there. You think they'd have to throw against Kansas City, so you could talk me into Fant at 3.4 as well. And the other one I have on the list, just to point it out, like Mark Andrews at 5.5 is just crazy to see. I don't know what that means. I'm just saying from a salary standpoint, like we would be paying 6.5 for him some weeks earlier this year. So 5.5 against Atlanta, that's like your sicko GPP play of the week. So is this one of those things where you're just like, here's the information, do whatever you want with this. That's right. Mark Andrews, he's 6.4 on FanDuel. And yeah, Falcons, they are what a lot of offenses need to kind of get things going. They're 29th in EPA per pass attempt, 28th in total passing yards allowed. Trust me, you can do whatever you want against the Falcons. So I don't mind Mark Andrews. And I think in tournaments, it's just people aren't going to be looking at that game. As one that they want to use. So you could do worse than Mark Andrews this week. Uh, Dawson Knox is interesting based on his targets. And then Chiga Conquo will show up fine. Except if it's Malik Willis, I want no part in Chiga Conquo because, you know, how many times is Malik Willis going to throw the ball? Like 12? Like it's it's just not worth chasing. So uh, don't love the options that tied in this week. And that's why Daniel Bellinger is my dude. Makes sense. Yeah, and, and on Chig too, like the price is coming up, right? So he has to do more than what he's done the last couple of weeks. At defense this week, if you wanted to just pay up and say, hey, here's a good defense in a great spot at home with the weather, pay up for the Browns. I I don't mind that at all. Uh, Kansas City at home against Seattle is 2.9. And then it was weird to see your Eagles all the way down there at 2.2. Do you think people can play them in cash? They're a team that I don't necessarily look at for cash. If I'm going to save that much money, like I would probably rather honestly just play the Bears at 2K. Josh Allen's going to drop back and pass a ton. And actually, like pass attempts kind of help your defense if they can get sacks and turnovers. Even though Josh Allen's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, best offenses. In cash, if you are spending down that, that far, you're literally hoping like for four or five points and you just move on. So I don't hate those options. I also am looking at uh, the Panthers, 2.3. That's a pretty solid punt option as well. Um, if you're if you're looking for one, this t- the the defenses are tough because, like you said, the ones that you kind of want to play are all priced up. But we know how negative EB that is, so I will be looking to punt if if possible in cash. Yeah, Panthers seem fine on both sides. On Fanduel, they're only three point three on the road this year. Jared Goff is averaging two hundred thirty one and half a touchdown, uh, but I think that game could have more points than people think. So, uh, once again, with defense. We'll wait to see what it kind of ends up being the more popular play throughout the week. I feel like my early lean is just to throw it down to the Eagles and just say, at least I know this defense is talented and, you know, you can get something there. Maybe they play it close, but it would be weird. I don't know if I've ever correlated my quarterback and my defense together. Like if I played Minshew? Probably not. Yeah, Yeah, probably not. You're you're hoping that, and honestly, you're just trying to save money. So at the end of the day, 
Who cares? Stephen. And real quick too, for Dak, if you look at his game logs, he's been turning it over a ton. Last uh, five or six weeks here, two interceptions, two interceptions, one, two, zero, two, one. So not yeah. crazy. I mean, we got we to gotta actually change things up because this past week, that final one, the pick six, wasn't his fault. No, but still, it's in it's in the box score, Kyle. That's all we care about. They were just box score watching people. That's all that matters. Uh, that's it. That's, that's that how matters. you play DFS. If you want to play DFS with us, thanks for bringing it up, Bets. Go to BallersDFS.com. You can play in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg, plus Bets. We have a 600-person contest that is live. We will put up a contest for this Thursday and one for the main slate uh, so that you guys can enjoy. And what better way to tell your family you love them than, hey, honey, I want some money in DFS to help with our holiday spending. I mean, that's, that's the gift that keeps on. That's how we are giving you a holiday gift. That's right. And you tell your significant other, like this, I'm I'm playing this for you. So that's the angle you gotta take this week. Honey, you don't have to give me anything. Just give me those DK crowns and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm so happy for you uh to win that way. But we'll get to the check-in later on in the week. As the weather changes, the totals change. Uh we'll be back on Friday to give our picks. So bets, sign us off. Yes, sir. It should be a very busy week with everyone dealing with the holidays and Christmas coming up and all that stuff. So stay tuned into the news. We'll be back on Friday to break it down. We'll see you on Thursday for that game in the DFS Pass. Until then, have a good week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.